Oh, well, it's Monday night. It's Toronto. And I'm just going to go ahead and address the elephant in the room right now. Yes, I have a black eye. It's just a little one. It's tiny. It's hardly even notable. Hi, Ben Johnson. Or maybe it's Chris Pell. I don't know. Beer and BS podcast has just joined the chat. Anyway, yes, I do have a black eye. No, I did not get in a fight. I got poked in the eye in a ruck playing rugby. Ben says he's here if we can start now. Well, Ben, you're not going to get this part, but those friends listening on the uh, podcast feed sure will. Let me introduce you to my good friend, Rob Curry and the Curry Brothers. Take it away, Rob. the magic is made you already know because you've been on this podcast oh look there's my darling wife too oh it's the the gang's all here the gang's all here anyway as noted no no fights just a bit of a shiner from a misplaced finger i got fingered it wasn't as nice as i was expecting (laughs) oh boy Oh, boy. That's what we're doing tonight. Apparently, we're making sexual jokes one minute and 14 seconds into this, the Toronto Beer Podcast with me, your host, Chris Schreier. And as noted, that were that was that was that was the dulcet tones of Rob Curry and the Curry Brothers, as always, link in the description. Do buy that EP. It's still a banger a year and a half on. And if I'm telling you this and you you don't agree, that means you haven't checked it out. And that means you've been listening to this podcast for how long and you haven't checked out the silly, bloody theme song? Anyway, I digress. Check it out. Great, great album. Great band. Get in there. Hey, friends, speaking of Rob Curry and the Curry Brothers, you know where they're from? Gravenhurst, Ontario. The pride of Gravenhurst, Ontario. I always say that. Although, you could make an argument that Sawdust City is the pride of Gravenhurst, Ontario. And with that in mind, look what I got myself here. Ooh. Yeah. This is a white tulip, Belgian-style Whitbeer. Now, let me talk to you a little bit about this. Friends, you should know this, but you know what? I would forgive you if you didn't. I would forgive you. Because the uh, particular... The wheat beers in general... And particularly the Belgian style wit beer is an underappreciated style in the craft beer marketplace of today in this here province of Ontario. Used to be, oh, you could get a couple of wit beers, at least maybe a, a handful, depending on how big your hand is. I don't want to get crazy here, but uh, there were a few to be had. It is becoming a rarer and rarer thing to see. Hello, Mike C, by the way. Uh, but we do see one here from Sada City, a Belgian-style wheat beer. Now, this is a wheat-based beer. Now, I never remember. Oh, all I know is German wheat beer and Belgian-style wheat beer. One uses malted wheat uh, flakes, and the other uses not malted wheat flakes and I can never remember which one's which and even if I came up with a clever mnemonic it would probably fail so I'm gonna say that I think the Germans use the malted one and the Belgians use the unmalted one but that's a 50-50 friends half the time I'm gonna be wrong and that time might be right now 
I have no way of knowing. Well, maybe it might say. But the other thing is that people often omit that. They just assume, they just say wheat. And you're like, well, is it malted or unmalted? And they say, what the hell's the matter with you? Do you still live in your parents' basement? And you go, yeah, wait, come on, man, back off. I'm a beer blogger. <laughs> I digress. I have no idea if it's malted or unmalted. I don't want to read too much about this. I've never had this beer before. It's called White Tulip. Uh, I feel like that's probably like a, a cultural reference I'm not getting. That's my guess. I'm guessing that it's a cultural reference that I'm not getting. But who knows? Maybe Sam just likes white tulips. I'm trying to think if I've ever... Yeah, I've seen what You see white tulips and they have the red center. Very Canadian. Oh, we could talk about the Dutch and the war and their love for Canada and why we have so many tulips up in this country. Did you hear that, by the way? I just got a notification that Adobe Reader is ready to install updates, and it made a very convincing chime in my headset, but I digress. Let's drink this beer. That's what I would like to do. I would like to drink this here white tulip Belgian-style whip beer from none other than Pride of Gravenhurst, Ontario, unless the Pride of Gravenhurst, Ontario is the Curry Brothers. Sada City Brewing. So convincing, so convincing. And it didn't... Belgian-style wood beers can be a little active sometimes. This one didn't cause me any trouble. Let's get this for the kids at home. I always forget how high I have to lift this for the uh, YouTube camera. Here we go. Oh, oh, the color on... Oh, delightful. Delightful. Oh, this glass is... Oh, oh, it's active. It's active. I was too busy looking at the glass and not looking at the beer enough. Mike C says, Google says, I am right. And I think what I just said was that the Germans use the malted and the Belgians use the unmalted. Now, obviously, that's not a rule. There's nothing saying a Belgian can't throw some malted wheat up into their wit beer. But, uh, well, how about that? It was a 50-50 and I got lucky. Happy days. Let's take a look at this here beer. And yeah, by the way, Mike, I would miss sawdust if I moved to the middle of nowhere, too. <laughs> he lives in the prairies. Uh, whoa, this I mean, this is the definition of what I would call a soapy head. I don't know if you're going to see it on the video. I will tell you, we have a, a wide array of bubble size ranging from very small to like really big, like big enough you could put a tadpole in it. I don't know if anyone's ever gauge the head on a beer by describing what sort of small animal you could put in a bubble but there were bubbles they're kind of popping now that i could have easily put a tadpole in so pretty big bubbles big fluffy soapy white head though beautiful very light yellow exactly what i would be looking for in a belgian style whip beer i'm not gonna lie uh it's it's opaque it's not orange juice light does get through there but it's obstructed let's say it's not clear this is what we're looking for. And the other thing, of course, with the Belgian style whip beer, standard fare to add flavorings to elevate some of that wheat beer characteristic, which can be citrusy or banana or bubblegummy or spicy. Uh, not uncommon to find a bit of clove, maybe a bit of pepper. Um, I'm forgetting an obvious one here. It's just slipping my mind. Also, Orange peel, that all can go into a Belgian-style whip beer. And, like, 
literally like they put it in the beer. So when you go, oh, that tastes like orange peel, it's like, well, because there's literally orange peel in there. Um, the Belgians, it's like they're thumbing their noses at the old uh, the old Germans over there uh, saying, hey, I know you guys don't put anything in your beer other than those three or four things, depending on how you count things. Uh, but we put just any old thing that we think tastes good. And that's something. Anyway, give it a sniff. Okay, well, I, I got head in my nostril, which was not the plan. So that's unfortunate. Hmm. I'm actually not getting a ton coming off of it. I think it's the density of the head, if I'm honest. I'm just agitating it here, trying to free it up a little. Oh, yeah, no, that's better. The, the head had created an impermeable seal. Could not get any aroma through it. Yeah, I mean, this one, again, bit of head on the nose. Uh, this one's uh, citrusy, for sure. Spices, but not, like, crazy. But I would kind of lean towards, like, clove and white pepper, but that's... I could also be tasting with my brain, not my nose here. Who knows? Let's take a sip. Mmm. Mmm. Oh, that's... That's very good. <laughs> oh, that. Oh, golly. Hmm. Hang on. That's a very interesting beer. I think. I think the most interesting thing about it is what it's not doing. While it's still very self-evidently a. Belgian style wheat beer. If you gave that to me blind, I would like I wouldn't even mistake it for a German style wheat beer. I'd be like, oh, that's a Belgian wheat beer. Um, let's talk more about it. What have we got going on here? Mm. So why do I say it's it's what's interesting is what it's not doing. It's not particularly citrusy. I just finished elucidating how like they can add orange peel and stuff to really jack the oranginess in these beers. And there is some citrus to this. And um, yeah, I could buy orange peel, but I might even go a little bit more towards like uh, like mandarin or like almost like clementine. Like it's it's brighter. It's not particularly bitter. Like in, if you're thinking about peel, there's a really nice, light, sweet citrusy thing, but it's really subdued, relatively speaking. Mm. Yeah, the main thing on show here is sort of spicy Belgian uh, yeast. Um, it's interesting. <laughs> it, it almost drinks like a Saison, but not quite. It, it, like, again, if you gave this to me, I wouldn't have gone, is that a Saison? I would have gone, that's a Belgian wit. But a lot of what it's doing is like if we drew a Venn diagram of Belgian wit and Belgian Saison or even French Saison, this beer would not be in the wit beer only side of that uh, that Venn diagram. It would be somewhere in the middle, maybe even up into the center if we're assuming three 
things Belgian French saison as well as Belgian whip beer. It's very spicy, but not like not like aggressively so. Yeah, no, like what it is, this really delightful. I, I, I'm assuming I think it's like Pilsner malt with wheat. There's 100% wheat in here. What did we say it was not malted? I think it was not malted. So you get these nice cereal grainy things and, and wheat has a distinctive taste that often kind of ends up landing in that citrusy range um, or citrusy isn't quite the right word. That has a lot to do with the yeast as well. But you can get like some tang. Tang is the word I probably should have reached for there. You can get some tang off of wheat. Oh, fudge. Friends, if you're watching this, I want to show you something on video here. Do you know what this is? And if you're listening, I just obstructed my mouth from the microphone. I bought an extension cord that has a power switch built into it. So I could put this and then plug the fridge into this. And then before I do the podcast, I could just using my foot tick off the power so that the fridge wouldn't come on, which is like kind of a staple for the Toronto Beer Podcast. But it's kind of a staple in a way that like Shaquille O'Neal missing free throws was kind of a staple. Everyone really wanted Shaquille O'Neal to make those free throws. He just couldn't. And for some reason, well, I can tell you exactly why today I didn't do this. But we don't need to get into the details. The point is... I have it here in a plastic bag. If you are listening to the podcast, it sounds like a very heavyweight chip bag. Anyway, <sighs> oh, that's disappointing. Fudge. Anyway, you know what's not disappointing is this beer. Again, less immediately citrusy than um, I would have expected. Beautiful cereal malty, some wheat tang, as we just discussed, and a lot of Belgian yeast, which is great. Uh, it's got, like I say, spices, peppery a little for sure. It's actually not super clovey, which, hey, spoilers, I actually don't love cloves. There's like exactly one dish that I make, and that's Picari. It's an Indonesian-style pineapple curry that's really dancing somewhere. I mean, it's a savory dish, but, like, there's a lot of sweet elements. It's definitely dinner, but at the same time, you're kind of like, whoa, this is, like, coconutty and kind of sweet, and, oh, I like this. It's like, it's like dinner and dessert, all rolled into one, and it's got cloves in it, and I'm okay with that. Bit of clove, of absolutely clove in a pumpkin pie. Got to be there. Just be careful because it's aggressive. But other than that, I could, I, I say I could. I literally do just leave the cloves in the pantry. This beer is not really coming in hot with cloves, which makes me very happy. Mmm. Nice. Um... Creamy isn't quite the right word, but nice density to the mouthfeel. 
Again, wheat, it's going to be like 50%. Um, what do we say again? Unmalted, I believe, wheat. Uh, that's a thing. So nice density to the mouthfeel. Very champagne-y effervescence to it. Very prickly carbonation. Quite quite fan of, quite a fan of that. Missed a modifier in there. And yeah, like... I keep looking for that tang, that tartness. It's it, there's a little bit, but it's minimal. It's minimal. And and there's almost part of me that worries that I'm I'm inventing it. It's not actually there. I'm just kind of tasting like it is. Anyway, it's delicious. This is a really nice whip beer. Um, I I will say, again, I would have known it right away that's a belgian style whip beer but at the same time i think it's a little exceptional within the category less tangy more spicy it's great this is a fantastic beer mm. let me just finish pouring the can in to the glass which is gonna have some sediment i bet oh actually maybe not it looks exactly the same let's uh Let's peruse the can here. Adjust my glasses like an old man, because I am. Oh, it's got Saw's hops. That's nice. Uh, by the way, Sawdust, always love that how uh, communicative Sawdust is about what's in the can. This tells me that it's got 15 IBU. Believable, not particularly bitter. Uh, the uh, original gravity was 12 Play-Doh, and the finishing gravity was 2.5 Play-Doh. That's pretty dry. Not bone dry. It's pretty dry. It says the SRM here is two. That's accurate. Uh, that's the color. And as noted, this is quite light lemony yellow. <laughs> Let's read the uh, side here. The arrival of the first spring tulips are harbingers of hope. Wait, harbinger. I think I used that word in the description on YouTube. I might have. That'd be odd. I wonder if somehow I, I didn't, I, like, I haven't consciously read this. I wonder if I caught that word with my eyes and never noticed it. Sorry, anyway. <clears throat> Human brains are fantastically weird things. The arrival of the first spring tulips are harbingers of hope. Snow melts. The ground thaws, and from it, life reemerges. White tulip, a Belgian-style wit beer, is as bright and refreshing as a spring day. The addition of orange zest provides citrus aromas. Again, maybe. Clementiney, I would say. Wouldn't have gone for orange peel necessarily. While a dose of flaked wheat lends a silky mouthfeel. Agree, silky, that was the adjective I should have reached for. Finally, its unique yeast produces a spicy character with a dry finish. I agree with both of those statements that helps us forgive old man winter for overstaying his welcome. Isn't that, Oh, there are oats in here, by the way, too. Sammy never mentioned that in the description. Oh, your silky mouthfeel just from the flaked wheat, Sam, just from the flaked wheat. Or are there some oats in there too? Hmm. I think there's some oats. And I say that because it says it on the can. Wouldn't have guessed. I mean, maybe I would have, but it's a wheat beer. So it's always going to be a little creamy, silky. Pardon me. Wrong adjective. Mmm. Yeah, not particularly citrus forward. 
I mean, I'm assuming this is from this year. Can you imagine? I bought this at the LCBO today. If this was from last year and that's why there's no citrus notes, friends, I've been had. No, we're fine. It was packaged. Oh, although mm, it was packaged on January the 27th, 2023. That's uh, well, about. Wait. It's about three months ago. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I've been on holiday and I continue to be on holiday and my sense of time has gone out the window. It's about three months old, so you could argue that some of those citrusy aromatics might have dropped out. Yeasty, spicy notes tend to stick around longer, although that is actually from citrus as opposed to from the hops. The hops themselves, being saws, have a nice dank spiciness to them. You know, knowing that there's sauce hops in there, I can convince myself that I can taste sauce hops in there. But friends, you were here for the live show. You know that I didn't go, hmm, that tastes like sauce hops. So you can kind of take from that what you want. Take it or leave it. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but this, this is a very tasty beer. I'm not going to lie. I'm surprised. I'm a, uh, it, it's delicious and I like it quite a bit, but I am surprised because as noted, I tend to expect that real big orangey citrusy pop off of a Belgian whip beer. And I would put this much more heavily in the spicy side. And again, I've, I've already stated this before the record. I like it like that. Now that said, I kind of prefer Saison's to Belgian style wits. So this is a little bit more in that Saison style. But I'm fine with that. It is interesting. They said the unique yeast. Is that the word they used? It's unique yeast produces a spicy character with a dry finish. That's not particularly unique for a Belgian style wit beer compared to their house yeast. It's definitely unique. Um, but I wonder if it's a particularly noteworthy, unique Belgian style wit beer yeast. Pardon me. Or if it's just unique and that it's not super common. Well, as I always say, I don't know, but I know who does and I could ask him and I probably won't. Unless I happen to bump into him in the next few days, which is highly improbable. Hmm. Friends, we're going to talk about food and I hate to be boring. Eat this with muscles. This more than the average whip beer, and I would always suggest muscles with the average whip beer. This more than that, because while that citrusy thing, I get it. You know, people squeeze lemons on their shrimp cocktail, and I don't know, they like citrus up on their seafood, and I get it some of the time. We just had fish and chips, and I said, Do we have any lemons? She said, No, we have limes. I said, Yeah, that doesn't work. Uh, I would have taken some lemon on my fish and chip, no doubt about it. Probably not orange, but your mileage may vary. But that whole thing, citrus with seafood, I get it. Like, that's a thing. People do it. Fine. That's cool. But I don't actually think you need that so much for mussels. You do want a bit of acidity. Beer is naturally acidic. And this, I, I don't think I've actually said this. The wheat tang as opposed to the orange flavor. Like, there is some brightness to this acidity. It, it's not 
a stock standard like lager, there's more tang to use that word uh, than than if it weren't a wheat beer. And I feel like that's got enough acidity to carry the muscles, but then be super interesting with the yeast and the spicing. That's the showpiece here. And if it's the right muscle and the right recipe, and by the right recipe, you want to know what it is? We're not using Thai curry paste. I know sometimes I counsel you. Thai curry paste and muscles is like chef's kiss beautiful, but that's not what we're doing today. We're not going to go super straight. It's not just going to be like um, garlic and shallots and onions and celery, although don't throw any of those away. You want them all. But here's the thing you want to add. Bulb fennel, fennel, the, the one that kind of looks a little bit like celery when you cut it up, but it tastes like licorice. Hooey. If you did a little mirepoix, let's say you're going to do like two, three pounds of mussels. That's a standard. That's like a good sized pot of mussels. Okay. You want like uh, one good sized, maybe not quite the size of a softball, but like, like a, well, a hardball size. I don't know how much baseball you've played in your life. I actually haven't played that much, but I could tell you the difference between a hardball and a softball. About the size of a hardball. An onion that size. If your onions are smaller, which they often are, like uh, more like the size of, um, well, actually, I don't know, between a squash ball and a hardball or a tennis ball. Uh, if they're a bit smaller, use two. Use three, count them three, stalks of celery. Three, because it is the magic number. If De La Soul didn't teach us anything, they taught us that. Three cloves of garlic. I think I just held up two fingers. But if you're listening to the podcast, I didn't even have to tell you that. Uh, what are we at? One or two small cooking onions, three stalks of celery, three cloves of garlic, one or two shallots. Again, shallots can really vary in size. If they're the nice big French ones, you can get away with one. Sometimes you get them and they're like, actually, they're like the size of a squash ball. Then you're going to need two. Uh, and then, oh, and by the way, I know I could be doing this by weight, but do you think I can invent these recipes by weight in my head? I'm not that good, guys. Uh, and then and then bulb fennel. Use half the bulb, half of it. And uh, what we're going to do is there's the sticky up bits at the top that actually look like celery, but they're fully tubes. They're not like they're not like use. They're like tubes. Uh, chop those off and chop off all the green bits, the green bits that look like dill. Cut them off and set them aside. Don't get rid of them. You're going to want them, but just put them aside. Take the stalks that look a bit like celery and just cut them like celery like through the grain, you don't want long stringy bits through the grain. You're going to have these neat little circles. If you want to split them lengthwise first, Hey, that's fine. I'm not judging. And then with the bulb, you've already halved it down the middle. So you're going to take the remaining, the half that you're working with, uh, and then, and then cut it again as if you'd quartered it. So like that, and then like that. That's going to make it easier to knock the root out. And then just take that and slice it like an onion, like uh, long bits. And then all that's going to go in the pot. And then remember those little uh, green bits that look like dill, but they, they smell like licorice? You've saved those. Give them just a really quick rough chop, four or five whacks with a knife. doesn't take much. You're still saving those. When the mussels are done, you're going to... 
zhuzh them up with that. Put the lid on for a minute and just let that, let the steam just caress those bits of fennel top. And by the way, this beer was in there, right? We were talking about that. This is the beer you're using as the liquid. So you're getting all that veg going. You're dumping the mussels in. You're dumping half of one of these cans of beer, maybe a bit more. Splash of water if you need. Salt, pepper, cool. Bay leaf. Did I mention a bay leaf? There should be a bay leaf. Put the lid on. Let the mussels cook. When they're done, kill the heat. Zhuzh up the top with those fennel tops. Put the lid back on for a minute. Transfer that to the table. Serve it with your choice. I would do both. Uh, frites or French fries or freedom fries if you're from the lower half of our neighbors to the south and uh, and baguette ideally yeah French loaf's fine sourdough okay but we're getting crazy keep it in the light category uh, baguette works every time especially if you got butter on it uh, and then eat those mussels with all that accoutrement and drink this beer and you will be a very happy camper Mm. What a journey we just went on, you and I. What a journey. Well, friends. Oh, by the way, where can you get this? Good question. I bought it at the LCBO, so you can get it there. I would suggest looking up and seeing if your local one has it in stock. I hope they do. It's very good. They also, uh, this was at Queen and Coxwell. It's not technically my local. My local is Queen and Belfair. But, uh... For reasons that I may or may not discuss, I had to go over to Queen and Coxwell, and uh, I hit that LCBO. Got this. They also had Juicem, damn right. They had Narnia, which is G-N, like gnarly Narnia from Sawdust, and probably some other stuff. That's all I noticed. I only got the white tulip and uh, some Juicem, um, but I got some other amazing things to drink, too. The reason why I had to go to Queen and Coxwell is is waking up. I was hoping he was going to stay asleep. And here comes my dog to investigate. Anyway, there was a lot of good stuff at the LCBO, and I had to go buy some puppy, like dog puppy formula to feed this little nugget this is an orphaned infant raccoon if you're watching the video you'll know one of its eyes isn't even open yet who we are fostering until a bed space is available for it at a raccoon ra oh yeah it's gonna crawl on me it doesn't want to be in its bag now that it's awake I know ginger and our dog ginger is the best mummy dog ever and just licks it all the time to make sure it's okay, which is a very sweet thing to do. Anyway, I'm the mummy of the raccoon, apparently. Uh, here, I'll just put it up on my shoulder. Come here. There you go. Uh, anyway, that's why I was over at Queenie Coxwell. I needed to pick up some puppy formula to feed uh, our beloved little foster raccoon. Take care of wildlife and it will take care of you or something like that. I don't know. I just made that up. Anyway, actually, no one's watching live right now, so I'm not even particularly worried about the fact that you're not really meant to do this, but shh. It's going to be with pros sooner than later. Anyway, um, 
was I saying? Oh, yeah, you can get White Tulip at the Queen and Coxwell LCBO and possibly many others. And I guarantee, unless they're out, because as noted, it's three months old, uh, you can get it at the brewery up in Gravenhurst, Ontario. And if you go even near Gravenhurst and don't go stop by Sada City, come on, what are you doing? What are you doing? Go there. Get this beer. You will not be sorry. It will be delicious. Make some muscles using my very haphazard recipe I just gave you. Make sure you get the fries and baguette. It's important. Mm. Anyway, with that in mind, I am going to go because, um, as noted, I've got, um, I got a thing I got to take care of, literally. Actually, it's starting to sort of latch onto my shirt, which sometimes it does to soothe, sometimes it does because it's hungry. Oh, we just fed it, though. It should be fine. I don't know. I've never raised a raccoon before. Anyway, uh, I am going to go. I'm going to take this cute little nugget with me. You have a great night. I will be back in a week. Uh, I will warn you, we've got our first uh, preseason rugby game next weekend. If I'm not here, it's because I'm too hurt <laughs> to uh, do a podcast. But fingers crossed, instead, I'm a healthy, happy fella who smashed a lot of rocks and is feeling real good about himself. Uh, that's the hope. And I will be back with a delicious, delightful, delectable beer. Mmm. Much like this one, white tulip Belgian-style wit beer from Sada City. Get it at the LCBO. Uh, what was it we're supposed to do? Kiss old man winter right on the lips goodbye? Yeah, that's not actually what it says, but that's what I'm going with. That's what you should do. And in the meantime, listen to my buddy Rob Curry. He's going to send us home. And if you, like me, come across injured and stranded wildlife, do the right thing. Uh, seek out professional help. That's all I can say about that. You have a great night. I will talk at you in seven days. Take us there, Rob Curry.